Becoming your strongest financial self? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. Get it today at northwesternmutual.com slash good plan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If I'm Tom Brady, I'm like, listen, listen, this is me. Let me Tom Gronk. Hey, listen, Gronk. Let me TB. Um, listen, you know how Giselle's all mad at me, you know, because I left to come back. So it's my one last year. What you, you doing? I I need I you. I need you. I need you. Like you know, put down the put down the put down the put down the funnel. Tell Camille you'll see her soon. And uh, let's get going. Have a protein yeah, shake. Yeah, have a protein yeah, shake. Let's, let's get going. Bring whatever Gronk you need. Bring yes. how many Gronkowskis you need. Yes. Because there's Bring like a hundred of them. Just, let's just get down here. That's all I'm asking. I need you, Gronk. I need you. Come here quickly. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. Served by Applebee's. And scene. There you go. My acting prowess. Was that Tom Brady? Was that Matthew Berry merely enacting Tom Brady? Hard to say. Master thespian. Highest grossing actor of all time worldwide on a per movie basis. Right here. Daniel Day Berry. Daniel Day Berry. I like that, Jay Croucher. He is Jay Croucher. I'm Matthew Berry. It is noon on Peacock, but it is 5 o'clock somewhere, so the happy hour is underway here on Peacock and, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts. And on demand on the Peacock app and, of course, the NFL on NBC YouTube channel. Uh, a lot of news. Uh, a lot of news in the NFL. So why don't we get to the Roto World headlines and dive right in, Jay? Yeah, first one, big one. Tua Tagovailoa. He's got back problems. He's got ankle problems. He's questionable for tomorrow night's game against Cincinnati. Now, the betting market thinks he's not going to play. Because the, really? line, the line opened Cincinnati minus two. Now it's Cincinnati minus four, which means that there is some confidence he's not going to play. So what are you doing with Tua? Well, I, the nice thing here is that you can wait to see. What I'm doing with Tua is I'm waiting to see if he's active or not. It's the first game of the, se- of the, of the week, Jay. Right. See, that's, this is how this works. You know, like, it's helpful, actually. Because if he is inactive, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move him out of my lineup. Yeah, you're going to do that? I'm okay. going to move him out yeah. of my lineup. Kind of and I will question. find another option. <laughs> I will ideally slide into my IR spot and creating a roster spot where I can go pick up a quarterback. And we'll talk about some quarterbacks later in the show that are out there in leagues that we think are viable streamers uh, this week, including uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, of your beloved Atlanta Falcons. My dear, yeah, sweet, listen, dirty birds. They're at home against a, a, a Browns defense that's 18th against the pass. So that's a guy that I think is a viable potential streamer uh, uh, this week. So uh, at any rate, um, you know, something, something to think about there. So we'll, we'll go through and uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But If, if he doesn't play yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, does that impact what you're thinking about Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, et cetera? It does in terms of, I think, potentially betting. It, it does in terms of uh, DFS if you're playing a one-game slate. But I think for fantasy football purposes, no. You're still starting Tyreek Hill. You're still starting Jalen Waddle Because each of those guys has the ability to catch a bubble screen yes. from Teddy Bridgewater and run 80 yards to a touchdown. Check down I, Teddy. Look, Teddy, you're not going to have the big plays that you did under Tua if Bridgewater's under center, obviously. Right, to your point, one of the most conservative – uh, uh, quarterbacks in the NFL and Teddy Bridgewater check down Teddy. But 
Having said that, like, and it's a short week, right? You don't love this, and the game's in Cincinnati, so they're traveling on a short week. None of that is ideal. Having said that, Teddy Bridgewater's fine. Like, he's not an awful quarterback. He's not a disaster to quarterback. This is a guy that's been a starting quarterback in the NFL for multiple seasons, multiple NFL teams, and, like, he's fairly accurate. So, again, again, it's going to be all short line of scrimmage stuff, but no one's better at creating yards after contact than, uh, than Mike McDaniel. So he's going to scheme them open. They'll be fine. I can't imagine benching Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle based on what they've done. Now, I think that some of the, 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 um, some of the borderline guys, like if you were thinking about, hey, maybe Mike Gesicki, can I get away with him this week? I'm probably not doing Mike Gesicki. Like the running backs are, are kind of, you know, touchdown dependent flex mm. plays here. Um, but for Tyreek and, and Waddle, I think you got to start him. Yep. Speaking of Tyreek, we've got some sound of a very excited Tyreek Hill about the matchup with Eli Apple. Oh, we play on primetime that week? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Amazon Prime. Oh, we play on Amazon Prime? Thursday. <laughs> oh, that's going to be lit right there. I didn't even know that for real. But, yeah, we're looking forward to the, Who we play? Bengals. Looking forward to the challenge. It's going to be fun, you know. And I can't wait to go against Eli Apple, man. I owe you, boy. I owe you. I'm here. The cheetah is here. That's it. <laughs> All right. I owe you, boy. <laughs> I'm the take, cheetah is here. I'm taking Tyreek Hill minus 1,000 in that matchup to embarrass Eli Apple. Now, look, I think obviously Tyreek Waddle, they will be fine. Uh, the Bengals' defense hasn't allowed a touchdown in 20 straight drives. They've also gone against Joe Flacco, and uh, I can't even really make the joke about Cooper Rush anymore because it turns out Cooper Rush is good. But I think the Dolphins' running backs, that's the more interesting situation. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, are you starting either of those guys? And what's the hierarchy? So I'm not. I mean, I, okay. you know, I have them both outside my top 35 here. You think about the Bengals, they're the eighth best run defense so far in the NFL. They've, uh, they've, they've played well, the Bengals have. Again, this is a road game here, maybe a less explosive offense if Teddy Bridgewater is under center. Mostert, you know, Edmonds has had only one game with double-digit touches so far this year. This, that was week one against the Patriots. Mostert's seen two or fewer targets in two of the three games this year. I mean, like, it just the usage has been inconsistent of those running backs. I suppose if I had to, if I had to start one, I guess Edmonds because he's the passing down back. Bengals are favored. Yep. We expect, again, Bridgewater check down Teddy. Maybe he throws it a little bit more to Edmonds. He's more the passing down back, although they, they do like Mostert in that role somewhat as well. But again, two or fewer targets in two of the three games this season for Raheem Mostert. So. Both outside my top thirty-five. I um, think they're they're. I think they're. You know, they're sort of hope for a touchdown flexes. Yep, that makes sense. It does tend to be trending most of it a little bit in terms of the snap count. Sure. He outsnapped in twenty-four nineteen. Outsnapping Edmonds, that is just a weird game against Buffalo, where the Miami offense was just never on the field, and right. Josh Allen was throwing sixty times. So I'm not sure you can really read too much into that for anything. But right. Edmonds did get the goal line carry and converted that, which, yep. you know, again, we, we think Mostert's the goal line yeah. back, and that's not how it played out. I, so, yes. I mean, the question is, is, am I starting either of them confidently on Thursday night? The answer is no. Yep. Now, Joe Mixon, a little bit of an injury doubt over him. Still think yep. that he will go. You're stashing Samaje Perron, right? I am. So, there's a weird thing in Yahoo, and I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't like this. Okay. I, I, I'm not in favor of this rule. I think the Yahoo people should clean this up. But it's there, and so as long as the loophole exists, we might as well take advantage of it. And the fact of the matter is is that you can waive a player, as long as you don't start him, you can waive a player at any time. So, I, so in other words, you could, if you had Joe Mixon on your roster, you could pick up some Ajay P. Ryan. He's on your bench. Assuming Joe Mixon is inactive for Thursday night, great. You've got some Ajay P. Ryan, you start him. 
Pirine has been uh, effective when he is filled in for Mixon. But assuming Mixon's active, okay, great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with Joe Mixon. I've got Pirine on my bench. Assuming Mixon makes it through the game Thursday night healthy, then on Friday, you literally can drop Pirine from your bench, even though he's played. Mm. This is a weird thing on Yahoo. Even though he's played, you, you can actually drop Pirine, and now you have an empty roster spot. If you play on another platform, uh, that is not allowed, but I still would do that. I think Mixon is too good in so much usage, and we've seen P. Ryan be effective again and get the majority of work when Mixon is out, that I think P. Ryan is a must uh, roster if you have Mixon on your team. So, yes, I would grab some Ajay P. Ryan, especially given the fact that, you know, it's a short week on the road. Zach Taylor saying Mixon will be good to go, but sometimes coaches lie. Sometimes coaches don't know. Sometimes you never know. Mixon has dealt with injuries in his past. That makes sense. Okay, a lot of news coming out of London, which is yeah. where most people in America think I'm from, even though Cheerio. I'm uh, from Australia, which doesn't house the city of London. Right. But in any case, the big news, Jameis Winston. Can you prove that? Uh, I'm Australian. I talk Australian. It's just uh, everyone thinks that Australian people, British people, South Africans, right. people from New Zealand, it's all right. kind of just one. You have an accent. Yes. You have an accent. I do have an accent. Right. Now, But you are not, you are not from London. I'm not from London. You are not from London. You are not from England. You you actually are insulted when people think you're from London. You hate London. You hate the English people. I like London. I'm okay with the English people. I'm not insulted to tick off those this is not what you. This is not what he's told me off air. I just want you to know. He gets really, really offended. I love London. I love people from all creeds and races. You do not. You hate... You hate being thought of from being from London. You are only, he is Australia or bust. So just now, so you know. This is, what, this is what I talk like, an Australian. An English person would be like, is Jameis Winston going to play, mate? Right, See, okay. Different. That now, is different. the question is, Look is Jameis you. Winston going to play, mate? Look at him, Master Thespian. There you go. End scene for Jay Croucher. Now, he's All got right. a back, Jameis yeah. Winston. A transverse <laughs> fracture in that back. Uh, he hasn't played great so far, but he is airing it out. And Michael Thomas, he's got an angle problem as well. Neither are practicing. So this is probably before your time. It's depressing how much younger you are than me. I, I, these companies keep putting me with, like, you know, really young co-hosts. I don't know what they're, what they're trying to tell me here. But there's an old Monty Python movie, right? You know, and, it's, um, uh, and there's a scene in the movie. It's a very famous scene where, uh, I believe it's Life of Brian, where um, he's basic, there's, there's a duel uh, at the bridge, and the guy gets his, his arm cut off. And he's just like, ah, oh, it's just a flesh wound. Yes. So it's like, what, mate, you want to get him to do this? Lay down. He's like, no, no. And he's like, he's got one arm and blood's coming out. He's like, no, let's go. And he's just like, fine. And cuts off the other arm. He's like, let's go. Like, dude, you're bleeding for ass. Ah, a flesh wound, right? And just, it's, anyway, it's, it's, it's a brilliant, uh, one, brilliant scene. I did not do it justice. So I'll find it on YouTube. Are you familiar with this at all? Yeah, and also good job cashing the over two and a half mates being said on the show. And you're the one who cashed it as well. Good go. for you. There you yeah. go. I love the London people. I am not like Jay Croucher. I, cheerio, mates. Uh, so, but my point is, I feel like that's Jameis Winston. He's got a fractured back. He's got, he's got, you know, he's got mangled ribs. He's like, you know, like whatever. He's, you know, he needs a kidney transfusion. He's fine. He'll be fine. I'll be out there. Like, it's unbelievable. This guy just, it doesn't matter what injury shows up. Jameis is like, hey, I got it. Yeah, a fractured back. I don't know, but... It's, it's funny. Producer Brian, he was telling us about how, oh, yep. the Saints, they've got this easy schedule coming up for Jameis. It's like, well... He's also got a fracture in his back. Does the schedule really matter that much as much as the transverse fracture in his back? I mean, I, he's Bruce Willis and Unbreakable. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's weird, but, like, he, let's hear it for Jameis Winston. 
Uh, Dennis Allen, the head coach of the Saints, does not think there is any concern for his availability this week. He missed Wednesday's practice last week as well. Obviously, play didn't play well, but he did get out there. But the six scariest words in the English language were spoken this morning, Jay Croucher, and those are Andy Dalton <laughs> taking first-team reps. Terrifying, terrifying utterances. Yes. Yes. Look, if I think you have it's... Chris Olave, if you have Alvin Kamara, where are you on the Saints? I mean, uh, I'm praying that Jameis plays because yeah. I think that this offense has a real upside with Jameis. He's leading the league in average depth of target. Chris Olave is feasting off of that. Yeah. Jameis Winston in 2019 was the third-ranked quarterback in fantasy. If you let him go full Jameis, then he can deliver huge yards. And Chris Olave is a joint favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. If that's Andy Dalton trying to get him the ball, then he's done. Then I'd rank certainly Drake London and Garrett Wilson above Chris Olave. But look, I think I'm in on Jameis if he keeps playing because the the Trent Dilfer game manager Jameis, the half Jameis, not even half Jameis, quarter Jameis of last year, no good. This full Jameis, I'm all in. Yeah, and you like the matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Again, this this is the London game. It'll be Sunday morning at 9.30. But Vikings 29th against the pass so far this season. Like, you can throw on Minnesota. We've seen Jared Goff have success against the Vikings, obviously. So, you know, my expectation here is, is that Jameis plays. He has a good game. You're starting Chris Olave. We'll see about Michael Thomas. Also not at practice today. He left the game uh, early last week. Michael Thomas, to go with your unbreakable theme, he's the Samuel L. Jackson Mr. Glass. Right, he is uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, nice job. So, a little shout-out to M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) Yeah, shout-out to Unbreakable. Right, exactly. By the way, uh, controversial take. Yeah. M. Not Shyamalan is the most overrated director in Hollywood history. I don't think that's a controversial take. I think it is. Like, people love Like, Fifth Sense, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense is a brilliant movie. The Sixth, sorry. Fifth Sense is a different. The Sixth Sense. The Fifth Sense is hearing. Right, exactly. The Sixth Sense is a truly brilliant, Mm. brilliant movie. Love that movie. Didn't see the ending coming. Unbelievable. Sixth Sense, brilliant. Everything since then, including Unbreakable, is awful. And people love it. Unbreakable is like, you know, Unbreakable. Here's me. Get to it. Get to it. Ugh. Get to it. That's me watching Unbreakable. Well, like, I, I can't. I'm, I'm out on M. Night Shyamalan. And, is, like, people keep giving him movies. There's an amazing graph of, like, the Rotten Tomatoes meter of his films over time. So it's like Sixth Sense, really good. Unbreakable, a little bit worse. Signs, a little bit worse. The Village, a little bit worse. And then all of a sudden, you're at The Last Airbender. And right. It's just going off a cliff. It's un- right. It's unbelievable. Like, what was the old? What was the, the movie oh, on the beach? Oh, that like, was a tough right, one. That was, like, I saw the, I saw, like, I hated the commercials for it. That's when you watch on a plane with the volume off. Bro, and I'm don't not enjoy watching it at all. Yeah. Most overrated director in NFL and, uh, and, uh, and cinema history. Okay. M. Night Shyamalan. Last Sorry, thing on M. that Night. game. Alvin Kamara, his yeah. lack of pass game touches, is that a concern? It is somewhat. I think we have too small a sample size, though, right? Because you, we've had two games. He missed. Actually, we have a game and a half. He, he left uh, week one a little bit early. He didn't play in week two. Then, you know, week three, obviously, that is a concern. I have to believe, though, that we have seen... Alvin Kamara be successful fantasy-wise with Jameis Winston under center. We've actually he's been better with Jameis than he has been with like Taysom Hill or yep. you know any of the other quarterbacks that they've sort of rolled out there in the post Drew Brees era. So I'm not concerned just yet. He's too talented. That's too big a part of his game for them to be. If we go another week or two without it, then you're like, oh boy. But yes, I'm uh, I'm still in on I'm still starting Olave this week. I have him as uh, wide receiver 23. I still think Jameis Winston is a viable streamer. By the way, can we just real quickly? They want me to get to Zach Wilson. We'll do this in a second. But just real quickly, flash up Jameis Winston's upcoming schedule. 
if you can do this for me, because this upcoming schedule is actually really, really nice. Uh, uh, Jameis Winston, if, if you think about what, what, uh, what's coming up for, uh, for the Saints, obviously Minnesota this week. And then after that, Seattle, home to Seattle, home to Cincinnati, at Arizona, home to Vegas, home to the Baltimore secondary, which apparently is just terrible again, at Pittsburgh. It's as good as it gets. I just, I do think so. So my guess is again, if you're if you're sitting there sifting through uh, quarterbacks and trying to play, you know, quarterback roulette, I do think Jameis Winston, uh, starting this week, is a viable streamer. Real quickly, speaking of a viable streamer, Zach Wilson oh. uh, announced by uh, head coach Robert Sala uh, today that he is medically cleared to play. Right. Um, so he is medically cleared to play. That is for the NFL, not necessarily for moms. The fact here. <laughs> Is that That's good? Good delivery. I appreciate Daniel that. Day Barry. I was yeah. just, I'm just gonna <laughs> keep moving on here. Think about uh, what Joe Flacco has done. Joe Flacco so far QB 21, QB 6, QB 32 had a bad game last week, but was fantasy viable the first two uh, weeks. And he's had at least 44 pass attempts in every game this season. I think that's the most important thing. Zach Wilson's going to be chucking the ball a lot. So I do think that if you think there's anything there with Zach Wilson as a, as a fantasy viable quarterback, maybe worth picking up, especially if you're in a, in a somewhat deeper league. They're playing the Steelers, to your point, who are a bottom 10 pass defense so far this year. Worth noting that from weeks one through seven last year when Zach Wilson played, Elijah Moore was wide receiver 91. It'll be interesting to see if we can get Elijah Moore off the schneid or if this continues to be Garrett Wilson's offense from a passing perspective. Be a little bit worried about Garrett Wilson. Not that I think he's going to be bad or anything, just because Flacco is clearly locked onto him and he's getting all the targets. And we have this established, albeit small, track record of Garrett Wilson being the guy in a Joe Flacco passing offense. And now it's just different. It might be the same, but it might be worse as well. And so I think there's a little bit of uncertainty, but you still have to start Garrett Wilson every week at this point. And at least Elijah Moore, this might be a path to him getting, even though it was bad with Zach Wilson, it's something different for him too in a positive sense. Uh, last thing here for me on the Roto World headlines is that Dak Prescott uh, on his week four return says, not, nah, probably not. This is a quote, but week five against the Rams, that's the one I'm looking at. Now, Mike McCarthy said, I do not have a timeline for when he will start throwing. But in fairness, Mike McCarthy doesn't know a lot about what's going on with his team. Like, he's just, he's just trying, to find his, find, trying to find the keys to the locker room. Like, you know, I mean, let's be clear. Right, so real whipping boy on the I'm not best. a Mike McCarthy fan. <laughs> yeah, apparently Mike not. McCarthy is the M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> yeah. of NFL head it's coaches. Good, yeah, 2010 Super Bowl, which was his sixth sense. Yes. And then it goes down, down, down. Yeah, I can see that. Numbers are there. Yeah. Look numbers at the numbers. Yeah. I'm right on this, <laughs> by the way. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is Dak, uh, Dak Prescott is not 100% rostered in Yahoo League. So worth looking to see, hey, is he out there? Because, again, looks like he could be back sooner rather than later again. He's saying week five, the, the team is not necessarily committing to him. He's 0-1 on the season. Cooper Rush is 2-0. <laughs> we'll see. Although I think Cooper Rush gets his first loss of the season when my commanders oh, wow. take charge. Three-point dogs. I like it. Yeah, yeah I think exactly. The, they cons- take command. Did I on, sell that well on enough? On fire in second Again, one. There yeah. they go. Exactly. One thing with Dak Prescott. Yes, after he got injured against the Patriots in week six last year, when he did the, the calf. Yeah. He, wasn't really good in the last two months of the season. Obviously, didn't have a good week one this year against an amazing Tampa Bay defense. But, look, you have to pick up Dak Prescott. You have to start Dak Prescott. I just wouldn't be expecting him necessarily to be a top-ten quarterback from the jump. Yeah, I mean, look, I, after returning from one game from injury last season, weeks 9 through 18, he was quarterback 8 in points per game, which is fine, right? I mean, like, and that's basically where I ranked him in the preseason. He's a lower-tier QB1. Yep. 
Right. And by the way, when you sit there and look around the, the lower tier QB ones, right? Think about that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, yep. Tom Brady, the guys that went in that range, right? I mean, like you know, like Matthew Stafford's been a little bit up and down. Um, you know, like yep. Kirk Cousins a little bit up and down. Like the guys that went in that range, Derek Carr's been good, but like. It's been a bad year for a lot of quarterbacks so far. Not great. And Dak, I mean, a lot of that ranking at the end of last season was going against your commanders in prime time. That's right. Not show that anything. Game. Yeah. And then, that- and then the Eagles backups in week 18. But yeah, Dak, you have to start him if he's back, if he's healthy. Okay, just, we're going to go to break. We just think we- it's a, oh, I, think it, I just think it's a better offense. I'm just saying, yeah. like, again, you're sifting around. Like, if you're sitting here, you'd rather Dak Prescott than Zach Wilson. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, Danny right. Carter. Unless you're coming. Wrong. To join us on Keep It, keep it Open or Close It Out. I might not be here. Denny definitely will be, though. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Baker manda sus números, tiene tiempo, se deshace de la pelota, le entrega. La visca. La visca va a romper por fuera. La viste. Vamos. A la 15. A la 20. A la 10. A la 5. Métete la visca. Hasta la visca. Métete la visca. Hasta la visca. Hasta la vista. Touchdown. Touchdown. La visca. Hasta la vista. We are back. We've got Espanol. We've got London, mate. We've got Australia. We've got Matthew Berry now. We've got Denny Carter. And, uh, Denny, I made it the minus 150 favorite that you're going to be wearing a blazer on top of your T-shirt. But instead, no go. No, no, no. Look, I'm, I'm, done. I'm done with blazers. We don't do blazers around here anymore. I, I, I got the memo. I'm, I'm just in the shirt. Good. Welcome, welcome to the happy hour. There you go. We appreciate that. Thank you for dressing down for us. We appreciate <laughs> that. We're still working on Pat. Pat, Pat invested in his one blazer, so he's just like, you know, I feel like he has to roll that out. He whenever, does. Whenever he can. So that was the Spanish language uh, call of LaVisca Chenault's touchdown. They should just uh, yell goal after I, the touchdown. Well, what was great was LaVisca, LaVisca. Like, I felt like, you know, you know that Shakira song? Shakira, yes. Shakira. Like, I felt like that. Someone should do, someone should put a beat to that. That call. They should. LaVisca, oh, LaVisca. That was, yeah, that was magnificent. Now, yeah. we're going to do a little segment. Close it out or keep it open. And this is basically, are we starting or sitting this player this week? Not talking about cutting them, just starting or sitting. Because we're in a bar. It's a happy hour. So this is like, this is along those themes. This is, right. This, Stephen D'Agostino came up with this bit entirely by himself with no help from anyone else. And we love it. Close it out. Or keep it open. Now, so, all right, Danny. we were hoping that that touchdown, or a lot of people would have been hoping that touchdown was going to DJ Moore, who's yeah. our first guy in this segment. Now, are you closing it out or keeping it open on uh, the much maligned DJ Moore, Denny Carter? Ugh. I mean, it has been bleak for those who drafted DJ Moore as you know the wide receiver two, maybe even the wide receiver one if you went running back heavy. Um, it, no, nothing is good right now. Like he has a yards per route run under one, which is just un, unimaginable. 5.1 yards per target through three games. That's way down from his career average. Um, but it, it can possibly happen this week against what is probably the worst secondary in the NFL against the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals, 74% of the yards gained against the Cards this year have come through the air. That's the fifth highest rate in the league. 
Baker Mayfield is by every measurement the worst quarterback in the NFL at the moment. Perhaps he can be serviceable this week, not for fantasy purposes, but to generate some yards, some catches for DJ Moore. If it doesn't happen this week, I think that DJ Moore is probably close to droppable in in 12-teamers. Yeah, look, I'm with what uh, Denny's saying here. I will tell you, so I ranked him at wide receiver 25, which is the lowest I think I've ever ranked DJ Moore uh, in my career, right? I mean, like, so I'm as a a mid-tier wide receiver three, and, like, I was in on him in the preseason. Uh, Like, I am as a top 12 wide receiver. I think most people did. Here's the positives about DJ Moore. There's there are not. positives? There are positives. Okay. He's yeah. played at least 97% of the offensive snaps in every game. So he's out there on the field, right? So there's that, right? Among the Carolina wide receivers, he does have the most targets. Now it's 18. It's, it's, it's well below his career norms, but at least it's not like they're suddenly feeding Robbie Anderson or LaVisca Chenault. Like, they are targeting him the most. They're just not connecting with him the most. Okay. But, like, at least – so he's on the field a lot. They're throwing it to him the most. Um – and he's really freaking good. Just like yes. DJ Moore hasn't stopped. Like, it's been a struggle for Baker Mayfield. And, like, I've seen some memes of, like, you know, like, this is, this is Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad, uh, you know, <laughs> putting, putting YouTube video together for, um, for DJ Moore, uh, uh, you know, on missed throws from Baker. Uh, but so I, I, I'm with Denny here is that my expectation here is, is that even though the over-under is, like, 42 and a half uh, on BetMGM, so they're expecting a low-scoring game. Feels like they're going to have to keep up somewhat with the Arizona Cardinals. Denny's right. It's a bad defense. If not now, win DJ Moore. I'm still rolling out, rolling him out there as a as a wide receiver three. So I guess I am keeping it open. Yep, is I like what that. I'm doing. The, the only That's thing, me playing along with a bit. That's DJ Moore. Was. He's supposed to be bad quarterback proof. That's his whole thing. That he did this with Sam Darnold. So he should be able to do it with yeah, Baker Mayfield I, now. Uh, Danny, you said that Baker Mayfield was the worst quarterback in the NFL. I think Davis Mills might have something to say about yeah, that. The right. next guy, Brandon Cooks, who has uh, just six receptions on 17 targets the last two games. Danny, are you keeping it open or closing it out on Brandon Cooks? I think you, you can keep it open only because if you look at, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks' expected fantasy points, and I know that's cold comfort. I know no, no one plays in leagues that award expected fantasy points, but he's wide receiver 13, Brandon Cooks, and wide receiver expected points. He's wide receiver 58 in actual points, so I know that that stings a little bit. And Davis Mills truly stinks. Like, fifth lowest rate of catchable passes has the lowest rate of passes that are considered on target through three games. Uh, but Brandon Cooks is is still going to see, you know, eight, maybe even 10 targets a game in this offense without much target competition. I just, I don't know. I think you can still start him as like a wide receiver three and 12 teamers. Which is where I have him ranked. I'm at ranked at wide receiver 27, Denny. So we're right there together as well. 27% target share so far this season, which is nice. Now, again, they're bad targets, right? I mean, like, right, <laughs> Davis has not been good and they're playing the Chargers. But I think the Chargers got exposed a little bit last week. Uh, this game's in Houston, which is helpful, right? So it's going to be inside on the turf, which I think plays to Cook's strength um, as well. So do I feel good about keeping it open with Brandon Cooks? I don't. But given, uh, given that we don't think the Chargers, assuming Herbert plays again, that we don't think the Chargers will have any issues moving the ball against Houston, they will probably have to throw, and hopefully, you know, the positives of Cooks are is he's getting a ton, uh, he's getting a a ton of targets, and all he needs is one. Yep. Like that's the thing. Cooks is one of those players that all he needs is one play to make your day. Again, wide receiver twenty-seven. So I'm as a low end wide receiver three, but I am reluctantly keeping it open on Brandon Cooks this week. But yeah, I, he's similar to DJ Moore. Like if you can't do it this week, man, like right. 
All right, then yep. uh, let the regression hit. Yep. Yeah. Now you talked about just needing to make one play. Guys have only made one play all season. Is Jerry Judy? He had the 67-yard yeah. touchdown against Seattle in Week One. Outside of that, he's basically done nothing. Denny, keeping it open or closing it out on Jerry Judy? I think okay. In a 12-teamer where you start three receivers, you can close it out this week. I, I think that you can you can do better. Uh, Jerry Judy has uh, a 70% slot rate. He's running a lot of routes in the middle of the field. Traditionally, Russell Wilson really struggles on those throws in the middle of the field. He's much better, much more productive on those boundary throws, which we've seen with Cortland Sutton so far through three games. Uh, Jerry Judy is somewhat of an afterthought in this passing offense, a, a bad passing offense so far. So I think you can do better this week, even against the Raiders, who are bad. You're a thousand percent right, Denny. You should come on the show more often. I like it when people agree <laughs> with me. This is uh, he's, he's he's spitting knowledge over here. He, he he's dropping bombs. The fact of the matter is, is that like all three all three people we've talked about so far have something in common, right? Which is bad quarterback play. Baker Mayfield, Davis Mills, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's been brutal yep. through three games, right? Like if you didn't know he was Russell Wilson, if you just started watching football for the first time this year, it'd be like, <laughs> like this guy's a backup, right? <laughs> There's no way anyone's paying this guy a quarter of a billion dollars, right? So, but there's a difference between DJ Moore and Brandon Cooks versus Jerry Judy, which is DJ Moore and Brandon Cooks have been fantasy useful. They've been fantasy stars in their, in their time. Jerry Judy never has been. Jerry yeah. Judy is writing on nothing but, hey, he was awesome at Alabama. And there's a lot of guys that were awesome at Alabama, um, you know, and just when they get to the pros, just... He's got 29 career games. Jerry Judy has 29 career games. He's got four touchdowns. He's got four touchdowns in 29 career games. He was on my preseason hate list because I was like, I get it. You guys love this huge – like, he's going inside the top 20 because you think this is a guy who was a wide receiver 55 last year. Cortland Sutton, at least, had been productive fantasy-wise with bad quarterback play. You know, Cortland Sutton has a top 12 on a per-game basis season under his belt. Jerry Judy doesn't. Like, yeah. so, like, until I see it – at any point in Jerry, like to your point, he's got one play this season. No, so he's wide receiver thirty-seven for me this week. I am closing it out really, on Jerry Judy. Really fired up and on Jerry. I just Judy. get annoyed all these Jerry yeah. Judy truthers, and you're like, and you're like, ah, blah, 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 and I'm like, dude, it's been three years. It's been three yeah, years. At some point, wait? score right. something. Yeah. Like what? Just quickly, I assume that we're all still starting Javante Williams. Uh, Matthew, you go first. Yeah, I mean, second most targets among Denver pass catchers. I mean, that's the problem is, is that, you know, the struggles of Russell Wilson in that passing game have meant that he's dumped off to Javante Williams. I'm at running back 14. Again, Melvin Gordon's getting a lot of usage, but I'm keeping it open. Javante Williams is too good. And, you know, listen, they're playing the, the Raiders, the, which resurrected Derrick Henry this past mm -hmm. week, right? So you can run, obviously, on Las Vegas. Yes, keeping it open for Javante Williams. He's just more of a running back two than the running back one that some people drafted him. Like, I don't know where people were. Like, guys, Melvin Gordon's going to be a thing. Like, right. anyway. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, Javante Williams has 70% of the Broncos' backfield high-value touches. And by high-value touches, I mean receptions and touches inside the 10-yard line. So he has 70%. Melvin Gordon only has 25%. Now, I know Melvin Gordon does get some goal line touches, and that hurts Javante. But Javante will be fine. Like, all of the like peripheral stats, like elusiveness and yards after contact, it's all in line with what we saw last year. Javante Williams is still an outstanding uh, running back who has a lot of upside, I think.
Yep, yeah, I like that, Danny. Now, a guy that's probably going to get... The most, Gordon, by the way, Gordon has dealt with injuries in his past, and like the talent of Javante Williams is not in question. So, yep. yeah, he's a running back, too, with running back one upside. Three fumbles already for Melvin Gordon. Now, another guy who uh, gets Matthew fired up. We'll start with you, Danny. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who had zero rushing yards against the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Are you closing out Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Yeah, look, we, we're, we're closing it out. And I know that he's gotten by, I think, his four touchdowns through three games, and, and that looks nice in the box score. That's helped him look fantasy viable. But what we really have here is a backfield split. Uh, a, a, an ESPN reporter that covers the Chiefs said today that they will continue to split that backfield between Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Elair uh, against the Colts. They both, both backs had seven carries. McKinnon ran more pass routes. I think this is actually, this backfield is trending toward Jarek McKinnon going forward. He should be picked up in most 12-team leagues. And really, if you can sell high on CEH, which I don't know if you can. I mean, we all have access to the stats, right? But if you can, you do it now before the bottom falls out. A thousand percent, Denny. Could not agree more. He is absolutely a sell high. Like so far this season, uh, on the year, he's the fourth best running back in fantasy. Yeah. Despite the fact he's being outsnapped by Jarek McKinnon, despite the fact that last week he had zero rushing yards. I think he had seven rushing attempts and zero <laughs> yards. But he scored a touchdown. And he had some receiving game usage. But I think McKinnon's the better. He's the better receiving back. So I mean, like if you're hanging your hat on Clyde Edwards-Helaire based on the the receiving game work. Like, he's going to be splitting that with Jarek McKinnon. Totally agree. McKinnon needs to be rostered in uh, every 12-team league and deeper as well. I think CEH is a sell high if you have him. And this week, he's merely a touchdown-dependent flex. He comes in at running back 28 for me in a game against that tough Tampa Bay uh, run defense. That's Sunday night right here on NBC and Peacock. I... I'm a company man. Only 22 carries so far for CEH. That's just not enough. Just want to that's point out that neither Denny nor Jay mentioned that the game is available on NBC and Peacock this Sunday night. <laughs> I just I assumed everybody just, knew. No, it's, it's fine. No, some of us love the company and some of us are just, you know, like I, stealing I wait money all day from NBC Sunday Universal. Night. That's, you know. It's fine. You're just, you're just sucking off the company teeth. That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. The two of you. I get it. It's fine. I'll keep the lights on. Don't you worry about it. Incredible NBC, company. love the Peacock. Incredible imagery. Go go the Peacock. Just lastly on Clyde edwards layer. Yes, last sir. year you could throw the ball to running backs against the Tampa Bay defense. They gave up receiving yards to running backs. Not this year. This year they, they are the that. best in the league at defending running backs in the passing game. Now, another guy who I think we all liked preseason, James Conner, who just hasn't seen the work, hasn't seen the efficiency so far. Denny, what are you doing with James Conner this week? Well, you know, he's banged up with the ankle, but he still leads the Arizona backfield with 42% of the rushing attempts. He has 14 targets in basically what amounts to two and a half games. Um, This Arizona offense under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray typically produces tons of high-value touches, receptions, and uh, touches inside the 10-yard line for running backs. I think once Connor gets back to full health, and hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later, I think that he gets all of those. He soaks up all of those high-value touches uh, you're still starting him. I think he can get by against the Panthers. Hopefully later in the season, he gets back to full health and he's the uh, the workhorse there. If I had CEH, I would offer the the person who has James Conner in their league. Like I would, Definitely. I would make that trade immediately. And I do think you might be, that's one you might be able to get away with, right? It's just like, Hey, CEH, he's healthy. Like, you know, James Conner, he's banged up. He's not really doing much, but I'd much rather have James Conner to your point. He's used in the passing game. You look at their upcoming schedule, Carolina, Philadelphia, Seattle, New Orleans. Other than the Eagles, 
like those are three teams that don't really scare you. And against the Eagles, in theory, he should be involved in the passing game. That's the big thing is that this is a guy who was top ten in receiving yards among running backs last year. The, everyone talks about the touchdowns. But the fact of the matter is James Conner's a true three-down back so far. He's seen 15 or more touches in his two fully healthy games this year. This offense has to get better. Better. I mean, like, again, without Rondell Moore, they, they've, had, they've had no DeAndre Hopkins, but I'm, I'm with Denny here. It'll get better. He's still a bell cow running back in a league where there aren't a lot of bell cow running backs. I don't think he's forgotten how to play football. So while it's been tough for the entire Arizona offense – I'm still in on James Conner. I'm keeping it open. Yep. He's, uh, he's running back 17 for me this week. There couldn't be a worse game script situation for game James Conner so far. No. The Cardinals just go down by a million points every game. They're not in a position to run the ball. Expect that that will change probably beginning this week where it's basically a coin flip game against the Panthers. Now, a quarterback and a team that we often don't talk about on uh, the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Barry. Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders, they play at the Dallas Cowboys. I like this topic. Yeah, Denny Carter. Are you starting Carson Wentz after what he did against Philadelphia on the weekend? Uh, so no, I'm closing it out here, wow. and and it's it's not it's not, and I'm sorry, Matthew, but it, but uh, it's not just because he struggled against the Eagles. I think that Wentz will be useful down the line in in decent matchups or good matchups. This is not a good matchup. The Washington offensive line cannot protect him if we saw him go down nine times against the eagles last week i think we're going to see more of the same here now he will be useful because washington is all in on the pass they have the fourth highest pass rate over expected going into week four this is something that we could not have predicted at least i could not have uh and i think that there are no signs that they're trying to run a balanced offense here which is good for wentz it's good for all the pass catchers there in washington just not this week. This week, find, find a, Jared Goff over, over Wentz this week. You're 100% right on all of that, except for this, in terms of you said no one could predict this. Someone predicted. I talked about that, that they were going to be much more. Listen, I didn't think they'd be this pass happy, but I right. said they were going to be. I did say that, like, listen, I, I like Jahan Dotson. You made fun of me for how much I talked to Logan Thomas in the preseason. Just saying, like, look, this is going to be a much more pass happy offense uh, because they, they truly believe. Rightfully or wrongfully, they believe in Carson Wentz in Washington. I know a lot of that. I know a lot of the people on that coaching staff and that front office. They are believers in Carson Wentz, who is a who's a professional quarterback. Like he's a middle of the pack NFL quarterback, right? He's fine. Like the reason they lost to Detroit was because of their defense. Like they weren't beating Philadelphia. That's not on, and that's also not on Wentz. Yes, he took the nine sacks, and some of those were on the offensive line. Some of them were on Wentz. He held the ball too long. Like, the Eagles are just a significantly better team than pretty much everyone in the NFL and obviously the commanders. I would say this, though. He's right about, uh, Denny, you're right about benching Carson Wentz this week. I'm absolutely closing it out this week when my, hate, my love-hate list comes out next week. Uh, on next Tomorrow, I should say. Uh, Wentz will be on the hate list. Uh, you know, I'm a QB 19 this week. But I also agree with Denny that there will be useful weeks when the matchup is favorable. It's not against the Cowboys, who are fourth against the pass so far this year. Um, I'm closing it out with Carson Wentz. But, yeah, I'm not dropping him because I do think that defense is brutal. They're going to be throwing a ton this year. And, uh, yeah. Good luck to Carson Wentz against Micah Parsons. All right. Thank you, Denny Carter. Everyone follow Denny Carter at CDCarter13. Teen and we will be Twitter. We will be back previewing some week four matchups after this. Nice job, Denny. Thank you, sir. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
The NFL season is here and the NBC Sports Predictor app is giving you a shot at winning $100,000 by entering the Sunday Night 7's free contest between the Chiefs and the Bucks. So if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. Okay, let's hit a couple of these, Matthew. More receiving yards on Sunday night. Travis Kelsey or Mike Evans? I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Okay. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. I think that... Uh, I think that the way you attack Tampa Bay is in the middle of the field, right? And so, you know, uh, Dean and Davis do a nice job on the perimeter for the Buccaneers. And so that short stuff, that middle of the field stuff is, I think, the way you attack them. Uh, Evans will be a priority for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense, which usually do pretty good against perimeter wide receivers as well. And so I don't know that I would take Kelsey for more fantasy points because I think Evans probably gets into the end zone here. Tom tries to welcome him back, but one game off. It's tight, but I think I think uh, Kelsey gets it there on the receptions. Okay, I like that. I'm taking the over on Tom Brady's passing yards, 330-plus, which based wow. on what he's done this season isn't uh, looking amazing, but I do think that with Mike Evans back, I still think this offense can be explosive in the pass game. We'll see what's happening with Julio Jones as well, but to me, the big thing with Brady is he still looks like Tom Brady. He still looks healthy. He still looks very similar to the guy he was last year when he led the league in passing yards. So I believe in Tom Brady, and I believe in a shootout in this game. To be clear, when you say you believe in Tom Brady, what you mean is is that you believe in his ability to have a good passing game. Correct. You're not, you never questioned his existence. I've never questioned the existence of Tom Brady. Right, exactly. Exactly. You weren't like, I believe in him, like he's some sort of fairy godmother or some sort of, you know, well, some sort of mythical of creature, godmother. some sort of mythical creature. You've always believed in his existence. When you say it today, you mean merely his ability to have a lot of passing yards against the Kansas City Chiefs. Just his ability to get 330-plus passing yards. You can do it, Tom. Okay, let's go, jump Jack. into some of these yeah, week sure. four matchups. The big one, Bills. Oh, nice little uh, graphic there. Bills yeah, we minus need a better three. name than upcoming <laughs> matchups. We think about that. Like that's that's so production like, meeting tomorrow. Right. You know, we need we need Stephen D'Agostino on it. Like <laughs> Brian Rubin, our producer today, B Rubes is like ah, you know, <laughs> matchups, well, upcoming matchups. Stephen getting a lot of love on the yeah, show exactly. after he invented the last segment as well. Stephen okay. D'Agostino, like the anti M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> the anti M Night Shyamalan. If you want to come on the show, M Night Shyamalan, you can come on. Come well, on. Ex- like, explain to us what you were thinking with the last Airbender. Explain to us what you're thinking with every movie but The Sixth Sense. Yeah, exactly. And The Fifth Sense, the uh, yeah. lesser-known prequel. Yeah. Uh, okay, Bills minus yes, three sir. at Ravens. The total is a juicy 51.5. That's very high. And these are the two MVP favorites right now, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Uh, yes, you should start both of them. Yeah, you should start there both you go. of them. Hashtag analysis. Mahomes is slightly ahead of Jackson on MGM at plus 500, but... The winner of this matchup between the Bills and the Ravens is going to see their quarterback as the MVP favorite. And also, uh, if the Ravens win, very good chance they get the one seed. Just quickly, MVP, just head-to-head, Allen Jackson, who do you like? Uh, I like, uh, you know what, I like Lamar Jackson. Okay, I, like I, I prefer Lamar. I, I like Lamar Jackson to, I think that's just the better bet, right? Yep. I mean, like, because... Allen's sort of the obvious one here, and we've already seen them stumble a little bit. Like, that's a bad loss at Miami. And so I feel like there's a better there's better chances for Allen to, quote-unquote, lose the award than for Jackson to win it, right? Jackson is exceeding expectations this year in his contract year, whereas Allen was the presumptive favorite for it. Yep. And so there's nowhere to go but down for Josh Allen. Yep. Like, because the expectations are already always so high. Yeah, everyone's anointed Josh Allen. He still does like to throw it up for grabs. He could have had two or three interceptions against Miami easily. He just yep. got a little bit lucky. Okay, let's talk about some of his weapons. Isaiah McKenzie 
Uh, is he a flex wide receiver this week? I don't think so. I'm at wide receiver 51. I need to see it for. Like, remember, week three he had nine targets. Great. But that was six targets total in the after six targets total in the first two weeks. We he has scored in two or three games, so that's nice. But it, those are so fluky and hard to count on. Again, Gabe Davis missed one of the games in that stretch here. I want to see it one more time. Like McKenzie should be rostered, but I'm not starting him this week unless I'm in a super deep league. Speaking of Gabe Davis, uh, quiet after a big week one. He's still a believer. I am. I am as a top 20 play so far this week. He's played 96% of the offensive snaps so far this season. We know that Josh Allen likes to look at him when they get in close. He scored in week one against the Rams. That blow, he didn't play in week two. Uh, they didn't really need him in week three. Um, I, I mean, they did, but like that was, a, that was a fluky, weird game against the Dolphins here. If I'm starting a Bills wide receiver not named Stefan Diggs, friend of the podcast Stefan Diggs, chief ball officer Stefan Diggs, <laughs> Uh, give me Gabriel Davis. Okay, Devin Singletary, yeah. who led the team in receptions and receiving yards against Miami. Is he just a one-hit wonder, or is he startable in this matchup and can be viewed as a weapon in the passing game going forward? I think somewhere in between. So I'm at running back 24, so I'm hedging okay. my bets a little bit here. I have him as a flex play, and I think he's viable as that, which is a flex play, which is there's some upside there, but there's certainly some risk, right? First two weeks of the season, he saw five targets total. Now, then last week, obviously huge, right? Career high in receptions in a single game. Um, you know, he saw 11 targets. He tied with Stefan Diggs for the team lead. So he was a massive part. But we just don't know. Is that, was that just a game script thing where the Dolphins just played back and said, we're taking away Gabriel Davis. We're, take, the stuff, we're going to give you all the underneath, underneath stuff. And so they were just peppering a, a Singletary. He got into the end zone in that passing uh, touchdown as well. I'm more a believer than not. Again, I have him inside my top 25 this week. Uh, it's certainly, if you're starting a Bills running back, it's going to be Devin Singletary. But I'm just, uh, I'm not sure that this is definitely, he's a big part of the passing offense yet. Yep. Now, the running back on the other side, J.K. Dobbins, who makes his season debut last week, plays 26 snaps, doesn't really do too much. But, I mean, what do you make of him in this matchup in particular? Are you starting J.K. Dobbins or we need to see more? I need to see more. I also don't love the fact that he's going against Buffalo. Bills are the second-best run defense so far in the NFL this year. Dobbins played 43% of the offensive snaps. Like He's not even playing half the snaps. You know, And ma the majority of his snaps came on early down. So he's not involved in the passing game yet as well. Average 3.3 yards per carry, like a little bit of rust. So you've got – you're not sure if there's going to be any passing down usage. You're not sure how much work he's going to get. And, oh, by the way, he's playing the Bills. So – I have him at running back 35 this week. He's outside my top 30. Ideally, you're not starting J.K. Dobbins this week. Yep, longer-term play. Okay, let's get into the next game. Jags. I can't really say my Swag Jags because I'm wearing the Atlanta Falcons jersey, but, but they are my Jaguars. You, you, great call on Fantasy Football pregame on Sunday morning. You took the Jags to win outright at plus money. You made a lot of people money on that bet. Nice job there with a the call. I think you can call them your Jaguars. They are my Jaguars. They are your, your, the Swagwars, 100%. And you know what? The best bet in football at the moment on BetMGM, the Jacksonville Jaguars to win the AFC South at plus 220. That's too big. That should be more like plus 120. They're the best team in that division right now. They're Jay spent five years of his life setting lines for a major uh, casino, so you know your lines. If you're telling me that's a good bet, I'm, uh, I'm going to do that right. You take over the rest yeah, of the show. I'll, I'll, just, I'll introduce throw some it. money yeah, yeah. on uh, BetMGM. Yeah. So we've got the Jags. They're plus right. six and a half to, point dogs. Right. I'm being told to do it during the commercial break. All right, what do we got? Jags plus six and a half at the Eagles. That's come down from seven. The Sharps love the Jags. The over-under is 48. Now, Trevor Lawrence, who uh, 
I don't think he's going to win MVP, but he's 35 to 1. He's long. He's at long odds. Uh, and he's... Uh, his stock is rising by the week. Is he a number one quarterback in fantasy? I, honestly, if I'm going to bet on the Jags to do that, like I love your bet of them winning the AFC South, I'd rather bet on Doug Peterson for coach of I like the year. That. Yes, I think that's a really good bet as well. Him versus if the, Sirianni. If, if the if, if the Jags make the playoffs, I don't know how Peterson isn't the coach of the year given the disaster that they were last year under Urban Meyer. So Trevor Lawrence, most fantasy points of his career on the road at San at. San Diego at the Chargers I should say at the Los Angeles Chargers um, and tied for the most passing touchdowns in his game in a single career at three having said that this is the Eagles and the Eagles are legit as much as it pains me to say this as a commanders fan I'm a QB 16 so I think he's a mid-tier QB two on this one I think better days are ahead for uh, Trevor Lawrence he's very much a much like we talked about Carson Wentz earlier in the show as somebody who's going to be very useful down the stretch I'm a believer of Trevor Lawrence but maybe not this week against Philadelphia they are they're for real they're the best team in the NFC right now. They are. Now, with the Jacks staying there, is this now the James Robinson show, or is Travis Etienne still playable? Not only is it now, it has been. It has been since the start of the year. James Robinson was on my preseason love list. We talked about this. How, look, Doug Peterson likes to use multiple running backs. Guys, James Robinson is going to be the early down back. He's going to get the goal line stuff, and that's what's happened. He's had over 20 touches the last two games. He rushed for 100 yards for the sixth time in his career. He's out-snapping Travis Etienne. He's had 49% of the carry so far. I'm at running back 18. It's not a great matchup with Philadelphia, but he's got the much better chance at a touchdown here. Um, and, yeah, he's getting a lot of volume. The concern on James Robinson coming into the season was volume and health. Well, he's answered the health question. You know, the fact that he's obviously back and getting this massive workload. And honestly, the opportunity is there. Now, the Jaguars have been tied or leading in most games so far this year, so they haven't been in neutral or negative game script where they've had to pass a lot, and ETN is their passing down back. But again, either way, Doug Peterson has been clear as I'll get out throughout his NFL career. He likes multiple running backs. And so James Robinson is his between-the-tackles thunter. Yep. Between-the-tackles thumper. I will say that if ever there was a week for ETN because we expect them to be down, uh, like they're almost a touchdown underdog to the Eagles here. Um, if ever there was a week, Travis Etienne, yep. this is the week. Just quickly, the most interesting... But I have him outside my top 30, just to be clear. I'm, I'm starting Robinson over Etienne. To me, the most interesting thing in the NFL right now is that teams are playing too high safety and quarters coverage more than they have ever before. So there's never been a better time to run the ball efficiently. Doug Peterson, I think he definitely understands that. 91 carries for the Jags through three weeks. All right, last game. Patriots at Packers. Firstly, we've got some sound from Mac Jones. Like I said, just... You know, it is what it is, and I'm just going to focus on day by day and get my treatment and, and do what I do. And, um, you know, the play, it's football, it's physical, so feel good about it. Um, and like I said, if you have any more specifics, you can talk to Coach Belichick about it. It, it was nothing specific. I just – I didn't have to ask Bill. I was just wondering how it felt. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> He's learned well from his uh, coach, Bill Belichick. He has indeed. There. Awesome. Thanks. Now, quickly, the market, in terms of what the market is doing on this game, the line is Packers minus nine and a half, home to the Patriots. The over-under is 40. Now, the lookout line on this was only minus six and a half. And so the market is saying it's only a three-point difference between Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer. To me, that's not enough. I think this line gets up to ten and a half, maybe 11. I think it's more of a four to five-point gap. Uh, but... What do you think the Patriots quarterback situation does to Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson this week? 
I think it increases their usage, yep. right? I, I mean, like, like so. Too. I mean, I think both guys are very flex viable. I mean, like so. Uh, you know, I have Stevenson inside my top thirty. I have Harris just outside my top thirty. But both guys are going to get a bunch of work in a, in what's already a run heavy offense. And with Brian Hoyer on our center, who's fine. Brian Hoyer's is he? He's fine. He's fine. Okay, he's okay. For what they need to do, yeah. like you're not starting Devontae Parker or anyone else. But my point is, is that I think both Stevenson and Harris, in that order, are. You know, they're touchdown dependent a little bit, but they are flex viable. Again, Stevenson, 16 for 101 in the touchdown on four. He also had four targets. Harris, 13 for 46, got uh, two targets. He also scored last week as well. Remember the Packers allowing 5.4 yards per carry to opposing running backs. You can run on Green Bay that through three weeks is the 18th worst run defense in the NFL. Like, they're in the bottom half of the league. You can run on Green Bay, and that's my expectation of what they want to do with Hoyer under center and Rodgers on the other side. I think the Chicago-Green Bay game was instructive, where Green Bay knew Chicago was running every single time and still couldn't stop them. I think it's going to be a similar situation this week against the Patriots. So I think that I would even lean the under 40, as low as that is, just because the Patriots are going to be running the ball so much, bleeding clock. And I think that uh, Green Bay, they still have some questions about their offense as well. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back... You like like betting the Packers because you think the line should spread even more. I like the Packers minus nine and a half. When we come back, we're going to talk about your growing bromance with the Denver Broncos and the AFC West market. I believe. Let's ride. All right, so this is a tweet I sent out uh, just after Football Night in America last week where I was the only one among all the smart people on Football Night in America to pick the Broncos. I tweeted out alone on island, but that's okay, I believe. Let's go at Broncos. So I tweeted that out. Of course, the Broncos did end up with a 11-10 victory that was never in doubt. (laughs) It was never in doubt. Broncos had it the entire way. Never in doubt for Denver. I'm the only one that got it right. Thank you very much. But then... The Broncos account tweeted this at me. Thanks for believing in us at Matthew Berry TMR. Got in with a, uh, you know, pound emoji. (laughs) Got a hashtag, let's ride, belt buckle headed your way. And then they quote tweeted mine. And it is, for those listening at home, you can see this on Twitter. It is just, it is an absolutely gorgeous, big kind of cowboy belt buckle in a box that says Broncos country. Uh, Let's ride. And it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. They they slid into my DMs. They got my home address. I uh, I gave it back to them. So uh, hopefully somebody, it is actually the Broncos that are running that account. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, like, it might be you and Connor tomorrow. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, they're sending me a belt buckle. Let's ride. That's what happens when you believe. Wow. Let's you're, ride. You're really all in Broncos. I love it. Also, just as a side note, very good decision to go with the Broncos because they're plus one and a half point dogs and everyone is gone San Francisco well, so a good kind of so little angle real talk for a second because a lot of people ask me about this we don't talk about our picks no. prior to so I had no idea I was going to be alone <laughs> on an island I was shocked I'm like so we just we just go on and we make our picks like no, no one discussed it in the San Francisco San Francisco and I'm like I'm literally like just right it's basically a pick em game yep. and they're the home team yep. and give me Russell Wilson even though he looks awful against Jimmy Garoppolo who by the way People forget there's a reason Jimmy Garoppolo, they went to Trey Lance. There's a reason they tried to give away Jimmy Garoppolo this year. There's a reason why they couldn't give him away this year, which is that Jimmy Garoppolo's not good. You know what I mean? Like, he's at least – I mean, like, there are flaws in his game. And so I'm just like, in a pick-em game, yeah, give me the home team that has a better defense. Like, I believe in Russ versus Garoppolo. And by the way, 
When, okay. it, when it counted, Russ drove him down. He did. Look really got- good with that last drive. Speaking of Russ and the Broncos, let's bring up some AFC West division odds from our friends at BetMGM. The Kansas City Chiefs are favorites because they are always favorites under Patrick Mahomes. They're minus 105. And the Broncos, they're the big riser in terms of their odds firming. They're plus 250 with the Chargers, who are fall in free fall and only minus five-point favorites against Houston this week. And then the Raiders, they're bringing up the rear at plus 2,500. Quickly, who do you like? Honestly, I still like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs as well. Yeah, I mean, like, it is what it is, right? We thought it was going to be the best division of football so far. It isn't. Look, you don't have to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. For Jake Crouch, I'm Matthew Berry. Love, hate show tomorrow. We will see you then. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks, Denny Carter. Peace out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.